Paris exists to remind you that all your dreams are real. Audrey Hepburn. Hello and welcome back to the Turn Right Podcast. This is episode 122, my Europe trip recap and what I learned from it. No, I'm not converting the Turn Right Podcast into a travel podcast, although I do love traveling. And if you want to see firsthand more about my adventures traveling the world and mostly the United States, go over to my YouTube channel at Caitlin Greco, that's K-A-I-T-L-I-N Greco, G-R-E-C-O, and you can watch all of my travel vlogs from Seattle to Paris to Boston to Chicago, you name it, I've probably been there, so go check those out. But for the last several months, I've really been wanting to sit down and recap my Europe trip and share it here on this podcast. I do share things about my personal life from time to time on the podcast, and I had some pretty big changes in my life um, since I went to Europe. I got engaged, but I also thought they were good lessons that I learned over there in Europe, and lessons that can be applicable to writing or to life. Um, And I thought I had a lot of good takeaways and I could kind of, you know, compile those in a narrative story format and share them with all of you. And if you were ever curious about traveling in Europe, you can get a little bit of that content as well. And I also started a new segment of the podcast from my last episode, and that is something that I am grateful for. And I also want to add to that, I want to do another segment as well as what I'm grateful for, something that I want to improve upon. So this week, I'm grateful for my loving fiance, as fitting to talk about Europe and where we got engaged and everything. But I love my fiance, Nick, so much. He is a physician. He is a rheumatologist. He works so hard at his career and he's just an all-around great guy. He always makes me laugh. He supports me in my dreams. He encourages me to keep writing, and he's just so supportive and so kind, and I'm so lucky to have met him. Something I want to improve upon this week is not catastrophizing everything, because I think I have the tendency to do that. I received an interesting piece of feedback at my corporate job recently, And I kind of catastrophized all the worst scenarios. And then today I had a meeting with my director and she was like giving me all this positive feedback and being like, no, you're doing a great job. Like this one other comment is just, you know, like it's something to work on, but it's like, you know, not something you should be worried about. So that's something that I want to do better on is just not like isolating pieces of feedback or you know, whatever the feedback is, whether it's a comment someone said or whether it's how well a YouTube video performed or just even how I'm feeling personally that day, I don't want to take those things out of context. And that is something that I need to work on. So those are my personal reflections at the beginning of this episode. Now let's dive into the meat of this episode. Let's talk all things Europe. So we left for Europe on June 30th. We connected from Pittsburgh to D.C. and then we flew directly from D.C. to Paris. And we got to Paris on July 1st. We were extremely jet lagged, but our first day was full of fun. We did all of the touristy things. We saw the Eiffel Tower. We walked on the Champs-Élysées. We had macaroons at Lodgerie. 
we had dinner with a view of the Eiffel Tower. We watched the Eiffel Tower sparkle at night. We did a lot of shopping and it was just an absolutely incredible day. Our second day was also, you know, it started out being pretty touristy. We went to the Louvre, we went to the Tuileries Gardens. I cannot recommend going to the Tuileries Gardens enough. I really, really love that experience. But then as the day came to a close, July 2nd, we went back to our hotel and Nick had this wonderful night planned for us. I had no idea what was up his sleeve. I just knew we were going to some fancy dinner and I was supposed to dress up. So I wore this black dress and these gold strappy heels. He was all dressed up in a suit and we ended up meeting up with this photographer and Nick planned a photo shoot for us on the Ponte Beer Hakim, which is a bridge across from the Eiffel Tower. So we were taking all of these photos and posing and the photographer was making us do like ridiculous things like this dip where I like dipped my head back and like I fell into Nick's arms and it was so hard and so nerve-wracking and then the photo shoot abruptly ended and the photographer was like okay I've got to go on to my next shoot and I kind of thought okay like you know that was interesting so we go down to the Seine and there were like these flowers and that is where Nick proposed to me right down by the Seine and the photographers ended up coming down there and like surprising us and taking photos of us and photos of the actual proposal which is really cool that I have that to look back on now for my whole life. After that we went on a private boat cruise around the Seine with um, just a captain and a co-captain and they took us around the Seine and we saw Notre Dame and we saw the Eiffel Tower some more and we drank an entire bottle of champagne and it was so exciting. It was like literally the climax of my life. I was texting everyone I knew. I was posting on social media. I was just like squealing with delight. Nick and I were both so, so excited. And then we ended the night with a really fancy dinner on the top of this restaurant that also overlooked the Eiffel Tower and it was so magical and so special. It was literally a fairy tale. All that being said, I think my biggest lesson from this experience is something that I just kind of figured out recently, and that was I once was the girl that didn't even get asked to go to the prom, and now I'm the girl that got engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower. So my lesson is never stop dreaming, never stop having standards, never stop putting yourself out there and being true to yourself because someday you will find someone that loves you for who you are and they will make your dreams come true. Just don't stop believing that and don't stop trying because if I had settled for any of the men I met before Nick, I would have never had that experience and it's just crazy to me that, you know, this all worked out and I I'm, I feel so blessed to have experienced this wonderful, extraordinary engagement. And I wish that, you know, if you are someone that's in high school or college or you're in your young 20s and you're feeling lost and you're confused about your purpose, your path, who should be walking on this path with you, you know, listen to your gut, really trust yourself and never stop having standards and never stop, you know, believing that you're worth it. So the third day, the day after our engagement, we were extremely tired. I was like almost falling asleep on the train. I was that tired because we had stayed up super late celebrating the night before, but we had tickets to go to Paris Disneyland, which is basically the 
perfect follow-up to an engagement, right? So we go to Paris Disneyland. We're like zombies walking around trying to find coffee, but I was so excited to be there. I absolutely love Disney. I've always been a huge Disney fan, and I fortunately got to go to Tokyo Disney whenever I was doing a mini study abroad over in Japan and Taiwan in college. So I've actually been to Tokyo Disney. I've been to Walt Disney World in Orlando many times. I went to Disneyland in California once, and now I've been to Paris Disneyland. So again, it was just like this ultimate like bucket list moment for me to get to go to Paris Disneyland. I will say spoiler alert, it's really not that different than the Disney's in America. So if you've never been to Paris Disney, you're actually not missing out on that much, but I'm still happy to have gone there, of course. But my lesson in this is when I look around at any of the Disney worlds, whether it's the ones in the United States or Japan or Paris, I just think of how much joy it brings people. I think of how imaginative it is. I think of how beautiful it is. I, I'm i just amazed every time I go to Disney World. It just gives me like this awesome, overwhelmed, mesmerized feeling every time. And I always like notice new things about Disney every time I visit one of the parks. And all that being said, Walt Disney was fired from his job at a newspaper for not being, quote, creative enough. So once again, like, I think the lesson here is like, never stop dreaming. Don't listen to the haters. Keep pushing because just think about this. One of the most creative, beautiful, special, loved places of like all time. I mean, they told him he was not creative enough. They told him he wasn't good enough. Like, isn't that absolutely crazy? On our final day in Paris, we went to Montmartre, which is where a lot of famous painters and writers lived at some point. We drank cappuccinos in beautiful cafes, and we saw the Sacre de Cour, and we did some shopping, and it was very, like, romantic, and, you know, I was just feeling like I was Zelda Fitzgerald or something. <laughs> But even if you aren't in Paris, I think the takeaway from this is just to romanticize your life as much as possible. Find joy in the little things. Find a coffee shop that you love. Make your wardrobe something that represents you, something that you love. Decorate your home with pieces that mean something to you. Romanticize each and every day that you have. I think this is especially important for us writers, especially as writers who are still trying to make it big. You know... It's so discouraging maybe going to a traditional job and feeling your creativity being stifled. I think one way to live a creative life is to really romanticize all of these little things. The day after we spent in Montmartre, we ended up leaving Paris and we took a high-speed rail to Bordeaux. While we were in Bordeaux, we did a lot of wine tasting. We visited a very historic city called St. Emilion, which dates back to the Middle Ages. I have some pretty cool pictures from there on my Instagram if you want to check those out. I'm just plugging all of my social medias on this week's episode. But something that's interesting to me about the wine tasting in Bordeaux is even if you asked me like when I went to Japan for my college study abroad, I think I was like 20, if you said to me like, Caitlin, you would be doing wine tasting in a couple years. I would be like, you're crazy. I don't even like wine. And I think that you can find new hobbies in life, even if you still remain the same person. Like, I still feel like I have 
like the same kind of curiosity or the same kind of like imagination that I used to have when I was younger but it's just kind of like applying those to new things like wine tasting like I really found it interesting learning about the different types of wine and what the coloring of the wine looks like what it means like a purple wine is a newer wine and a brown wine is an older wine um, at least for red wines um, but I found all of those little facts like very interesting and I never would have thought that I would be the kind of person that like was into that so you know always keep an open mind and don't be afraid to try new hobbies I think we only spent three days in Bordeaux but then we had a flight to Naples and arriving in Naples was a totally crazy experience. It was quite terrifying getting in the cab um, at the airport and going to our hotel. The driver was so unbelievably reckless. I was praying the entire time that we would not get into a wreck and my prayers were answered. We got to the hotel safely. It was just insane. Like I just feel like in the United States, it's very hard to conceptualize the kind of driving that was going on there. And I went online and I read like a bunch of articles about how reckless and crazy the driving is in Southern Italy. And that was something I, I knew the driving was going to be like a little bit different than the US, but I never ever fathomed how crazy it would actually be. And I don't really have a lesson for something like as terrifying as this, but you know, always say your prayers, kids. Like, I honestly feel like I saw my life flash before my eyes and I was just so grateful that we were like not in a really bad accident when we got to the hotel. I was seriously ready the next day to like walk two miles to the port, but Nick convinced me otherwise and we did have a slightly safer driver who took us to the port, but overall the driving in Naples was just insane. We only stayed in Naples for one day and we took a ferry from Naples to Positano. I was probably most excited for Positano and unfortunately it just was not as picturesque as it is on instagram i'm just being so real with you guys right now like the way people edit pictures of positano is insane they put so much coloring in those buildings like you can look at my pictures without heavy editing like there might be just the brightness turned up a little bit but i don't change the coloring of my photos and it just looks so dull in comparison to these people who spend, you know, hours editing their photos. But regardless of what the photos look like online, I was just kind of disappointed, like, at face value. Because I thought the buildings were going to be super pink and super bright. And they weren't. It's not to say that this city wasn't beautiful and very unique. Because it was. It just doesn't look like what I thought it would because of what I've seen on Instagram. And I have to say my lesson there is like, you know, especially for us women and whatnot, we're always, you know, comparing ourselves to people we see online or certain body types or, you know, we have this idea of this quote unquote ideal body or whatever. But like there is so much editing that goes on with pictures and stuff online. Like don't be discouraged if you don't look like somebody that you've never met online because they might not even look like that in real life. And kind of going back to being a writer or an artist, I think that's what's so important about writing fiction or creating any type of art is you've got to be true to the subject. You've got to be honest and, and raw. And I think that's like the best kind of art when people are vulnerable and they express their weaknesses and they and they really expose themselves for who they truly are. I think it takes a lot of courage to do that, but I think whenever people do that, 
they are rewarded. The messiest characters are always the most interesting. Unfortunately, in Italy, I started to get sick. I got a pretty bad cold and I like couldn't smell very well and I ended up not being able to taste Aperol spritz on the first day we were there. Fortunately, it improved, um, which is why I don't think I had COVID. I think I was just very stuffed up. But like the first meal I had in, in Positano, like I couldn't taste the Aperol spritz which was so disappointing to me because Aperol Spritz is literally my favorite cocktail. I love them so much. It's like one of my personality traits, if you will. And I just have to say with that experience, like life isn't fair sometimes. Like that's kind of what I'm taking away from it. Like, you know, it's just like, that's the way the wind blows. And for me, you know, I had to kind of dig deep and you know, realize like, hey, that's not the end of the world. If I didn't taste my Aperol Spritz, I'm still here. I'm still having fun. I'm still appreciating the beauty of this island. I still get to swim in the ocean. And, you know, I really had to make a conscious decision to be like, this is not going to ruin my trip. Finally, we spent a couple days in Positano, but when it was time to leave, we were supposed to go to Rome for two days. One day was like a travel day and the other day would be a full sightseeing day. We were supposed to go to the Vatican and uh, see the Trevi Fountain and, of course, you know, have a good Italian meal in Rome. But we ended up not getting to do any of that because there was a Rome airport strike on the day that our flight was supposed to leave. So um, under the guidance of United, we ended up booking a flight the day a day earlier so we could, you know, leave and get back home and be able to go back to our jobs and everything so we ended up not being able to sightsee at all in rome which was disappointing but in all honesty our trip was so long and so fulfilling and so exciting that i think we were both kind of ready to leave and we were both like really tired and needed some rest so i think it all worked out for the best actually but my lesson from there is just you can't plan everything in life i'm super big on planning so is nick we're both very you know, logistical people. Our careers demand that and we both have very like planning type A personalities, but you cannot plan everything in life. And honestly, that worked out for the best for us. Uh, You know, we'll probably get to go back to Rome sometime in the future, but if we don't, that's okay too. We had a great trip overall anyway. So those are my lessons from traveling to Europe. If you've ever been to Europe, let me know and let me know what were some of your high points or some of your low points. Thanks so much for listening. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I'll talk to you on our next road trip.